0: Thank you for tuning in to Cobblestone Community Church today. We hope this message blesses you. If you need prayer for anything, please email us at prayer at Now here's the message. Well, hello. Am I on? Hey, there I am. Man, that was a long intro video. I was kind of getting better. I was going to doze off a little bit. I was like, Anyways, all right, let's jump into this. Welcome to my brain, right? Uh, Lord, I love you. I thank you for this church. I thank you for these folks uh, gathering together um, in this building. I thank you so much. Um, there's so many of them in here, Lord. That are just—we just—it's just good to see us gather. It's good to see them. Uh, we love them. More importantly, you love us and you love them, uh, Father. I just want to right out of the gate, like I did first service. I don't want to get in your way. Um, did some preparing. I did all the stuff that you're supposed to do to be an effective preacher. But Father, if you want to change something, Holy Spirit, if you want to change something, change it. Um, just quicken my mind. Um, help those in here to hear what they're supposed to hear, uh, to move in the direction that you desire for them. Um, Lord, as always, get the glory. Get the praise. Get the honor. You're precious and you're wonderful. And you're good, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, so we did just finish our reading plan from the Old Testament, and we will jump into the New Testament uh, reading plan here um, in January. But that leaves a couple weeks, you know, some Christmas stuff, but a couple weeks kind of open. Uh, and I got to get tagged in on this, this particular Sunday, um, and Andrew and I kind of nicknamed it a kind of Preach Your Journal. Um, and so I've never been much of a journal guy, um, but I did this year start writing my prayers, the heavy stuff. I don't, I don't write every day in my journal, so judge me, right? If you do, praise God for that. But I, have this, I started this this year, and I've always wanted to do this, but I've actually finally ponied up and started doing it in 20, well, 2021. Um, and this is it, and it's just this little book, and about once or twice a month... When things start getting real heavy, when I start to find that I'm carrying something that I can't carry myself, I'm worried, anxiety, uh, these signs and you guys know what I'm talking about Christians and so I'll write it down, and I'll take a scripture, and I'll put the scripture in there, and then I'll write down the prayer and, uh, and then I'll kind of just have this conversation. And here's the cool part: I've been trying to get where I leave it there, right? I don't carry it. And so God's been growing me in this and and this has kind of been the, the, the journey has been taking me on, but as I start to look back through some of these prayers, guys, it's like, it's kind of cool because you get to see where God showed up. Sometimes the situation changed. Sometimes there was a breakthrough. Sometimes there was a healing moment. Sometimes there was something that I can tangibly see that changed. And then honestly, guys, sometimes nothing happened to the situation, but I feel better. I have peace. I have joy. And that's the beautiful thing about serving the Lord in prayer and trusting him. Um, so do that. that if, if you're wanting a challenge, there's a little challenge for you, um, and it, it, it'll bless you. But as I started to look back, I started to think, what has the Lord spoke to me probably the most in the past year? What has been probably the biggest thing he's been working on me individually to walk in, to grow in, to learn? Um, and it, it's all under the umbrella of being a servant. Uh, the guys that I meet with, the other elders and stuff that I talk to on a fairly regular basis, it's like I want to be effective for Jesus. Um, I turned 40 a couple years ago, and I just kind of had the, the midlife thought of, Lord, if you give me another 40, help me to lay it all down. Teach me, show me, if I'm holding on to anything, I wanna be effective for you. I wanna go into the gates of heaven saying, I laid it all down, I gave it all. And the, the, the honest thing that he keeps pushing on me and this serve, go lower. Well, Lord, I gave this, I sacrificed that, I'm doing this, no, go lower, go lower, serve, let go of that, let go of that. And it's like, it's a tough process, but it's a beautiful process. Um, and in that, the go lower last week, I'm like, God, do you want me to talk about being a servant? God, do you want me to teach on what it looks like? There's so many good scriptures that Jesus himself talk, talked about and taught his guys about serving and, 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 and being low and washing feet. He did all so many wonderful things. But the Holy Spirit really dropped on my heart one thing that I believe is, is for you today. It was the mind of Christ. So today we're going to just keep it real simple. There's a lot in serving, but in order to serve the Father, in order for you to serve your friends, your neighborhood, your family, so on and so forth, you must understand and walk in the mind of Christ. So today I'm going to really push on that and speak to that and hopefully give you a little bit of teaching on that that will will challenge you, encourage you, and move you in that direction. Um, So it's like... This idea, John said it at, uh, if you got a Bible, go ahead and turn it to First Corinthians. We'll be starting, kicking this off right there. But uh, John, Pastor John, one of our elders, he, um, he said Thursday night, and I just love this because I think like this. He said, wouldn't it be great as a church if we could just get our revelation letter?" If you read Revelations, there's letters in there, right, that, that Jesus is basically telling John to write to the church, this church, that church, do this. I'm happy with this. I want to see that change. And as a church, as elders, we would be like, how great would it be if we could just get a monthly or a yearly print off of a letter from God saying, cobblestone, do this. Cobblestone, move in this direction. Cobblestone, live this way. This is where my, my blessing is or my direction is, right? Um, and, and, and I'm like, yeah, I'd like that. But then on another level, wouldn't you, like, wouldn't you like to have that individually? Wouldn't you like to have a letter from Jesus on Monday morning saying, watch out for this, be careful of that. I want you to do this and do that and go here. And wouldn't that be handy? That'd be so handy, right? Um, but what I want to tell you today is that you have something better than a letter that's been given to you by Jesus and the Holy Spirit is the one, he's the one that wants you to understand it and walk in it. It's the mind of Christ. Amen? You don't even know where I'm going. Yes, I just like to, I just like, first service, they don't, honestly, guys, they're amen shy. And, you know, sometimes a brother just needs an amen, you know? Even if it's like, I don't know, amen, amen, thank you. I say it to my wife the other day, I was like, I said something and it wasn't even spiritual and I look back, Amen? she's like amen and she's a good wife she says amen all right she's a good wife even if she didn't say amen okay let me say that um so so the first it's going to break i'm gonna break this down into pretty pretty simple three points um and the first one is we have been given the mind of christ we have been given the mind of christ in first corinthians 2 um, 6 through 16, I'm going to read it all and then we'll kind of unpack a couple parts. And there's a lot in here, but I'm going to emphasize, emphasize a f- just a few things. Um, starts out with 6. Yet among the mature, we do impart wisdom, although it is not a wisdom of this age or the rulers of this age who are doomed to pass away. But we impart a secret and hidden wisdom of God, which God decreed before the ages for our glory. None of the rulers of this age understood this, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, what no no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him. It's beautiful right there. Uh, These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except the Spirit of that person? which is in him. So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given us by God. Pay attention to that. This is kind of the point. And we impart this in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. The natural person does not accept the things, the natural person, the non-believer, the person that's not in Christ. The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly or foolishness to him. He is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. The spiritual person judges all things, but is himself to be judged by no one. For who has understood the mind of the Lord? For who has understood the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him but we have the mind of Christ. Look at verse 12. And and I really wanted to also look at verse six up there at the beginning. Yet among the mature. So getting saved and getting sanctified, growing in your sanctification, God wants you to grasp, walk in, submit to the mind of Christ. You know that? That's true, right? So, So... at, we're, look, now we go down. So the mature, part of your maturing in your faith is receiving or understanding the mind of Christ, okay? You don't have the mind of Christ when you first get born. I mean, you have it through the Holy Spirit, but you don't walk in it. It's a sanctification. It's a growth thing. That's what I want to say. All right, anyways, so look at, look at verse 12 a little closer. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given us by God. You and I, Christians, and I'm talking to Christians, if you're in this room and you don't love Jesus, I'm glad you're here. I truly am. I truly am. And I and I would encourage you to take this, take this time and and just just listen and soak and maybe ask the big questions. Why am I here? And does Jesus love me? And what should I do about that? Because He does love you, and He does ha- He want a relationship with you. And when you see all these people gathering, there's like, you're in good company. Okay, so that's the non-believer. But when I preach, I tend to try to equip the saints for the work of ministry. I really like to preach to the Christian. I want to give you something tangible. I want to give you or help you with something you're facing, I'm facing, and live in that way. So bear that in mind. Um, now remember he says now we received not the spirit of the world but the spirit who is from God that we might understand the things freely given to us you and I Christian when we met Jesus Christ you received the Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit lives in you now there I grew up in second baptism we as a co- as cobblestone leaders don't believe that we don't teach that here um, not that we hate everybody that does I got a lot of good friends that, that do But in this church, we believe you get the full measure of the Holy Spirit when you get saved, when you get sealed, when you trust him. Does that mean you're walking in it? Does that mean you are a powerful, Holy Spirit-led person? No. There's a journey. There's a path. And if you really want to get technical and you start looking at the Holy Spirit, there's a refilling there's a there's a re there's there's good really good teaching on the the one that where he says don't be drunk and like as bad as it sounds like you get drunk you start losing your your I've never been drunk first off let me just say so I'm just condemning everybody in here that has been drunk no I'm not I'm just messing but when you're when you drink let's be honest when you drink you get a little intoxicated right and you keep drinking and you keep and you keep tying it on as they might say right why am I talking about alcohol? What happened to this, this sermon? Andrew, I didn't do this for service. He's loving it. Um, but the, to, to the point is this. As you have to keep drinking to stay drunk, you got to keep connecting to the Holy Spirit. Keep receiving the Holy Spirit. Keep accepting what he wants to do. He, he's in you. It's not like, woo, like, he flew away. He's in you. But you have to submit to him. You have to listen to him. You have to, at times, stir him up. You have to surrender. Everybody tracking? You guys okay with this? All right, good. I want you to, I want you to, that's what we believe as a church. Like I said, I've, I've kind of grown in this understanding. So I don't even want to argue with you. email Andrew about it. So <laughs> yeah, um, but, but, but what the big idea is here is you receive the spirit that the Holy Spirit when you met Jesus and he's inside of you. And what is one of the things that he's trying to do? That we might understand the things freely given to us by God right there. The Holy Spirit inside of you, Christian, is trying to get you to understand what has been given to you through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Because let me tell you, you've been given a lot, a lot, a lot more than just a ticket to heaven. Amen? You've been given a lot more than just a ticket to heaven. Amen? Amen. Thank you. Okay, that we might understand the things freely given us by God. And I love that, freely given to us by God. And we impart this in words, not taught by human wisdom, by, but taught by the Spirit. The Holy Spirit inside of you is teaching you. He's supposed to. You're supposed to be listening to him. He's your teacher, right? This is a taught by the Word, led by a, the Spirit church. We've made that very clear. We, we don't understand that fully, but we're growing in that. We're learning alongside of you guys with that. My own walk is led by the Spirit and taught by the Word. You know that? So, anyways... Hold on, let me come. Oh, hey, Brad told me, uh, Brad, you're awesome. Brad, Brad says, I can always tell when you're preaching because I can hear you when I pull in the parking lot out there. <laughs> and he said, It's good. Thank you, Brad. I, I have a tendency to be loud. That's um, okay. All right, let's get back on. Let's get back on this. So the Holy Spirit's doing a thing inside of you. And one of the things I want you to look at, verse 16. Verse 16 with me, track back down. First Corinthians 2:16. "For who has understood the mind of the Lord, so as to instruct him, listen. but we have the mind of Christ. You have the mind of Christ. Randall, you have. The mind of Christ. Jaden, you have the mind of Christ. Anna, you have the mind of Christ. Amanda, you, do you understand? It's not just, the, not just the cool Christians or the ones that know song lyrics to songs or the ones that have been saved for years. Right, Nora, you have the mind of Christ. You, amen? Well, that can't be. You know, Randall's so much older and smarter than Nora. He should have the mind of Christ, not her. No, It's promised. She has just as much access to the mind of Christ as he does. You have the mind of Christ. And some of you just need to pause there for a minute, realize that's a gift. That's something that the Spirit has given you through Jesus. That's that's what we need to receive. Amen? You have it. I have it. I like that. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, yes, Lord. I got the mind of Christ. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. That's why I'm not on the worship team. I am auditioning constantly and David will let me one day. (laughs) Check this out though. If I can think, if you can think like Jesus, then you will talk, walk, behave, trust, obey, hope, forgive, have peace and have power like Jesus. Am I not working now? Oh, do I sound crappy guys? Just over, do I sound crappy? Yes, you do. It has nothing to do with the mic. <laughs> oh, you're good. You're good people. You're fun. All right, so listen. If I can think like Christ, I can talk, walk, behave, trust, obey, hope, forgive, have peace, have power, etc., like Jesus. Do you, do you, do you see that? There's so much power in that. There's so much truth in that. There's so much freedom in that. And that's been given to you, his mind. His mind has been given to you. His way of thinking, his way of trusting, his way of processing, his way of of dealing with people and situations, okay? All right, second point, keeping it simple. How do I know what the mind of Christ will look like in me? How do I really know, Jeremiah, what the mind of Christ looks like? I'm glad you asked that. I want you to turn to uh, Philippians 2. And this one's going to be a scripture that if you, I like giving homework. Boo, right? But I want you guys to hear this story and I want you to apply Philippians 2 to your life because this is huge, okay? Philippians 2, turn there if you want. Um, It was around Halloween. I went to my family for a big get-together. And at my family's get-together, they're godly people. They love the Lord and they love us. But if I'm honest with you guys, there's been some, there's been just some strife and some contention, and people aren't always getting along the best. And and for me, I struggle with that. I like everybody to get along, and everybody be best friends. I don't know why, but it's just who I am. Um, and I, I sat in that, and I remember coming home really heavy and talking to heaven, and I'm like, man. This isn't my family, man. They usually get along so much better. And this is just weird. And I'm like, I don't know what to do about this. I really don't know what to do. I don't know how to face this. What would you have me do, Lord? So you start to pray those types of prayers. And I'm thinking over the holidays, and this is why I'm putting this on you guys. Many of you are about to go to friends and families and Christmases and get togethers, and they're not gonna be easy. And some of you are thinking, I don't know how I'm gonna make it through the holidays. And I'm telling you, I'm encouraging you. I'm hoping that you take Philippians 2 to heart. If you want something to meditate on and pray on and let it just saturate your mind on it, Philippians 2 is your jam, okay? This will not leave you the same. This passage is what the Lord led me to that night, and I'm like, really? No, this is what I want you to do. And I'm like, and it was, it's all, it, it, well, let's, let's just read it, okay? Philippians 2, One through five. So if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. That's tough. And it's tough in my own family to have same mind, full accord, one mind. Then as an elder in this church, it's hard to think that too because let's just be honest, we don't all see things the same way. It's hard to have have same love, full accord and one mind. The fact is I told you guys about my little prayer journal. That's one of the things that I wrote in here and I said, Lord, I'm just gonna be honest with you. This seems impossible. This really seems impossible to see a body of Christ unified. This seems impossible to see a family joined together on these types of things. So I need your help with it. But, but, that's the reality. But look at verse three. This is the takeaway. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. There it is. In Christ Jesus. Jesus, I have this mind. This is really... The mind of Christ. I'm going to go back now, and I, I, as I read it, just let it, let the word, just kind of, just kind of speak over you, and ask yourself: Be humble. Be transparent with the Lord. Let be transparent with the Holy Spirit, and just ask yourself: How you, how'd you do? How are you doing in this? Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit. Do nothing? Well, some things. No, do nothing. That's heavy. It's hard. It hurts. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, pride. What am I doing that I'm in doing in pride? I think I know best. I know how to fix them. I know what to do here, God. You take a back seat, my mind's on, you, you just sit, you sit there. Anybody ever been that way? I have. So conceit and it's sneaky, but listen, but in humility, humility, count others. Someone that will tell you they're humble that doesn't count others more significant than themselves is not humble. That's a false sense of humility. Oh, I'm a humble person. Well, let me look into your circle. Let More importantly, if God looks into your circle, does he see a person, a Christian, that counts others more significant than themselves? Does he see a selfless person? Does he see a person that's just giving and going and sacrificing and laying their life down for the people around them? It's Christ-like, and that's the mind of Christ. This is to the answer. How does it look? How does the mind of Christ actually How's it, the tangibles, what it, what's it look like in my life? Count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests. And I like that because you, you can look out for your own interests as you should, right? Take care of yourself, get your, get your food, Get your pay your bills, uh, you know, love your family. Take care of yourself. There's nothing wrong with that. That's, that's part of being a person. But, but look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have you taken notice to the interest of others around you? Do you live in that thinking? Do you ask the Holy Spirit to open your eyes and so you're not selfish, so you're not stuck on, all, on only your way of thinking, help me, Holy Spirit, help me, Jesus, to see these people, to know who and where and what, where I'm supposed to have, take the interest of their interest, or, but also to have interest of others and take interest in their life. Interest in their life. That will cost you something, Christians. When you take interest in the people, in the life, it, it, it's, it's a text sometimes. It's a phone call. It's a, it's a meal. It's a, it's a heavy conversation. It's a meeting at coffee or food. It, it, you take interest. How are you doing with that? How's that coming out? And then you will remember because if you don't care, that doesn't show you care very much. If you're just like, well, if you, if you, don't, you don't remember, then you're like, did I really even care? So there's you see the path here. Do You see the mind of Christ. This is what he wants to do in us. This is it. Help us with that. Now, for, look, at, uh, look at 6 through 11. Because this is powerful, and it just needs to be taught on. Jesus, Paul here, right to the Philippians church, basically gives us this incredible picture of who Jesus is. And so you're like, well, how do I, How do I? this mind of Christ is so heavy, so hard. But I want you to really meditate and think and capture this. Who through, who though he was in the form of God, talking about Jesus, not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied, but emptied, by taking the form of a servant. So if you underline in your Bible, I want you to underline emptied himself, by taking the form of a servant. Take, underline, servant. Being born in the likeness of men, You can write underline likeness of men. Being found in human form. You could underline human form. He humbled himself. He humbled himself. Underline that. By becoming obedient, underline obedient, to the point of death. It's huge. Even death on a cross. Therefore God, therefore, underline that one. God has highly exalted him, bestowed on him the name that is above every name so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven, on earth and under earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God, the father. Listen, Jesus, you say, you want, you want to see God in your life. You want to see God in that family situation. You want to see God break through. Now, you got to hear this. This mindset is really the path of the power of God. You, he emptied himself servant, likeness of men. He humbled himself. Notice who it was. It wasn't people humbled him. He humbled himself by becoming obedient. So so when you really look at this, that's the pathway to the therefore because that's what I want you to really see. Verse nine, therefore, why is it therefore, right? Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name above every name. You want God to show up in powerful, awesome ways? Think like Jesus there. Take that mind into that situation. It sounds counterproductive. My boss is a jerk. If I act like this, he's gonna just walk all over me. Not if you do it in faith and obedience to the scriptures and to Jesus. I promise you this. This sounds literally like counterproductive to Christianity, but we literally live in a paradox situation. If you wanna live, you die. If you you wanna receive, you give, right? That's literally the Christian. You wanna be great, you be the servant, as I talked about at the beginning. This is is the mind of Christ. You want to see God in your life? Do it God's way. Stop trying to do it your way. Yeah, but you don't understand. You are not going to find a more meaner, tougher audience and crowd than Jesus Christ did in his day. He got beat up. They talked about him. They spit on him. They they, They did everything you could ever imagine and he emptied himself and walked in humility and obedience. And therefore, If he hadn't done that, there would have been never a therefore. If he hadn't done those things, God would not have put him above every name. God the Father put him above every name because he went low and he went servant and he went broken. And I could testify to this. It doesn't make sense, but in your walk with Christ, the lower you go, the more broken you go, the more empty you make yourself, the more humble you walk in and the more obedient to this word, you will start to see things in your life that you never dreamed that you would th- see. I promise you this, this sounds crazy, but it's truth. You will see God show up. You will have peace that you never had before. You will have leading. He will lead you in the low place because why? He resists the proud and here's the humble. Do you have it? Do we live in it? Do we walk in it? Because Christ wants you to be humble. He wants me to be humble. He wants our minds to think like his. Amen? Whew! I gotta get a drink. All right. And the third point, it's a battle, okay? Actually, I wanted to quote John G. Lake. I didn't do it first service, but this pretty cool quote. Sanctification is possessing the mind of Christ. Hear that. It's an old guy back in the day, had a lot of healing mir- miracles and a lot of awesome things around his life. Sanctification is possessing the mind of Christ. Grabbing a hold of it. It's yours. Walk in it. It's already been given to you. But like so many things in, 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 with the things of God, it's been given to you, but have you received it? Have you Walked with it. I'm gonna talk about that. The battle of the mind, oh, chapter three. (laughs) The third point is the battle of the mind. Listen, every Christian in this room, you're in this. This is one out of one. This is 100%. There's nobody in this room that's so spiritual, that's so in Christ, that's so, that has no battle in their mind. I promise you. And we have a tendency, well, your, your mind battle's a little different than my mind battle, for sure. I don't struggle with insecurity, but there are people that do. I don't struggle with with trusting that I'm saved, but there are people that do. There's some of you that don't struggle with lust, but I do. What's your battle? Some of you struggle with love of money. Right? Some of you struggle with you, you, selfishness or pride. What is it? It's in your mind and it's a struggle. And you're saved and God's good and he's living and, you, and, you, and, and, and all that good stuff. But you have these thoughts. You have this mind that is not godly, that is corrupt, that desires things that you shouldn't desire, that is hungry for things that it shouldn't. And even, even we, man, I was thinking about this. We have a tendency to, to pick and choose. You, you, the lustful people, yeah, you guys got the problem. But the critical people, are, they're usually sitting front and center in the churches. Amen? It's just, it's just like that. And don't get me wrong. Lust is wrong. But critical is wrong. Gossiping is wrong. We have a tendency to, to some, some of these struggles of the mind put on their, as Andrew would say, they put on their shirt with a collar. And they're welcoming the church way too much. And it's always those drunks, those, those porn people, those, those adulterous group. It's always that group. But what about the judgy? What about the angry? What about the wives that just don't wanna obey scriptures biblically for their marriage? What about the husbands that don't wanna obey scriptures biblically for their marriage? What about the, do you see what I'm getting at? We have a tendency to church up some things and Jesus and the Holy Spirit's like not on my watch, boys and girls, he doesn't allow it. And he doesn't want it in you and he doesn't want it in me and he doesn't want it in this church. And that's what the sanctification is happening. And it's beautiful. And it's scary. Because let's be honest, God starts calling us out. That thought, I thought that was a good thought. I actually know the Bible and I just didn't like that. Well, it was a religious thought. What? I thought that was a good thought. Well, you just judged everybody. Oh, dang it. You know, welcome to the party, right? Welcome to my life, at least. Oh, Lord. Driving home, sometimes I'm like, did I come off too prideful? Did I sound too judgy? Garf, you know? Anybody else do that? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Anyways, we're all in this battle, guys. And you got to hear this. You got to hear this. Uh, oh, yeah. Wanted to reference this book, this wonderful little book. This is actually the, the study guide, but it's Victory Over the Darkness. Uh, staff and elders have been going through it. If you have big problems, even little problems, this is a healthy book to go through when your mind is struggling. It's a good book. It's, a, it's really founded on identity who you are in Christ, how you could think, how you should think about yourself, others, and so on and so forth. But it's very helpful. And I'm not normally a book guy, but I like this. And as I felt, I felt like if I'm, I'm wanting to give you guys some tangibles. If you really say, man, I wanna, this next year, I wanna tackle my mind. I wanna get my thoughts Christ-like. I wanna deal with some stuff. I would encourage this book. And I even told First Service, and I'll say it to this service, and I think the elders would agree. We'll buy it for you. We really will, just tell us, get, us, get on a list. Her, uh, Kristen here, uh, she took down a name or something, just let her know, put together a list, we will buy it. We want you to have it. I'm not the author. So, I sound like I'm <laughs> I'm. I am not Neil Anderson, so, <laughs> and I don't get any royalties. Um, <laughs> I sound like I was selling a book there for a minute. What happened to me? All right, <laughs> the battle of mind, we're all in it. And you've got to hear this. Now, this, this thinking, this literal term I like because I, I wrote it and it's just Jeremiah style. Sometimes the things freely given to us, we have to receive through a fight. Eh, what? Well, it's freely given. Doesn't mean you're not going to fight to receive it or you're in a battle to get it. That's the things, of, that's spiritual truths right there. And as you grow in maturity in Christ, you'll know what I'm talking about. Because salvation, yeah, man, Jesus saved me. Boom, done. You didn't do anything. That's awesome. But Jesus, get a hold of my life and my marriage, and it takes work, and it takes a fight. Help me not to think like that. Help me to think like this. Help me not to get out of it. It takes fight, and it takes work, doesn't it? Anybody been in that journey? So I want you to look at 2 Corinthians chapter 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. Look at that. We're not waging war like everybody else does. It's not not the way we fight. For the weapons, we're in a war. The weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. A stronghold is a way of thinking. A stronghold is the way that that, that the devil tends or your flesh tends to hold you bound about the way you think. And sometimes strongholds work through this type of thing. And I said this first service and I really do believe in it. Um, And and just pastoring people and watching people meet Jesus, get saved. And then somebody in their family says, our marriages always end in divorce. So a stronghold is going into a marriage in Christ, two Christian people believing that you're gonna always end in divorce. That's a stronghold. Recognize it. Or we never, we're not good with money. We're never good with money. We're just, we're gonna always be poor. Stronghold. We're all addicts. Our whole family's addicts. You're gonna be an addict. Does that sound like Jesus? Does that sound like the mind of Christ? Does that sound like what Christ would want you to walk in? And we have a tendency to hear these things and receive these things and then make excuses for the rest of our lives of why we can't have Christ-like things in our lives. Okay? I'm, I know I'm stepping on some toes. I love you guys, but... So we destroy, For we have divine power, divine power from God through the Holy Spirit, destroying strongholds. That's what he's doing. That's the sanctification process. We destroy arguments, arguments, and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God. Sometimes that's outward. That's true. There are people that are arguing against truth and so on and so forth. But many times this is inward. This is in the mind. Many times you have, you know, you, you have this, your best preacher is you. That's the, the voice who's teaching you and talking to you and working, to, you know, are you, is, it, is that person equipped with the word? Is that person equipped learning and trusting and walking and discerning with the Holy Spirit? Okay, we destroy arguments. Have you ever taken something in your mind that you just know is not God and you took it and you destroyed it? Usually we try to reason with it. maybe compromise, destroy that way of thinking, that sinful, that ungodly way of thinking. We destroy every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God, knowledge of God, who he is, what he's done, what he's given us, remember that, and take every thought captive and what do you do with that thought? That thought that is not godly. That thought that is not the mind of Christ. That thought that is that is this, that, or the other. What do you do with that? You take it and you make it obey Christ. And well, what's Jesus think like? I don't know. Philippians two. Okay. Now we're trucking. If I have prideful thoughts and I look at humility, okay. Sacrificial. I mean, I mean, this is this is this isn't as complicated as it might sound. Anyway but it is difficult. I'm not even gonna pretend that it's not easy to walk out. Being ready, being ready to punish every disobedience when your obedience is complete. The way I get the disobedience under control or get it out of my life is by obedience. It's really true. Good disciplines, good habits, spending time in the word. Like, and I'll, I'll go into that all in a minute, but. Okay, so remember, Sometimes the things freely given to us, the mind of Christ and all that that is, it takes, it takes you to fight to get it, to receive it, to walk in it. And if you, that, I hope we all are relating to that, okay? So I want to break down in three quick categories, just kind of teach around this. There's a battle in your mind. There's a battle in my mind. They may not look exactly the same, but for sure, Christians, there is a battle. Okay. one of the, 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 we got the flesh has a voice in our mind. That's you and all your depravity far from God, right? Well, I'm saved. Yes, because you're born again, but then you still have this old thing. And, and, and we see that in scripture. Who else tries to enter into your thinking? Who else tries to enter into your, your mind? You can say it. devil. <laughs> you're like, Jesus, don't say Jesus. <laughs> I mean, he does, but the devil, did you know that? The enemy of your soul, he hates you. Well, I'm a Christian, he can't touch me. He's not coming like that, but he wants to deceive you. He wants you to believe falsely. He wants you to have strongholds. He wants you to be ineffective. Make no mistake about it, that's what he's doing. And tell me he hasn't done that in some of your areas in your life. I've been there. Because of the devil, because I bought a lie or believed something that wasn't true or a false teaching. So the flesh comes at you through uh, worldly and selfish desires. That's, what, that's, just, that's just the war up there in the brain, in the mind. Worldly and selfish desires. Me, 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 me. Fears. Do you know that? Fears. You, that's you. You're afraid. When Jesus tells us not to be afraid when we operate in fear, is that obeying? Is that the mind of Christ? Do you ever see Jesus operating in fear? Look at his life. Look at his ministry. Look at the way he talked and walked. Do you see fear? I don't. So we don't wanna walk like that. And, and don't get me wrong, I'm not mad. I, I struggle with fear too. I struggle with anxiety too. And there's a war, remember, to receive the things of God, sometimes I have to fight. I have to quote the, cast your cares upon the Lord for he cares for you, right? Be anxious for nothing but by prayer and supplication, make your requests known unto God. Worry not, that one that Jesus talks about, don't worry, look, I take care of the sparrows and I take care, right? The reason I have these memorized is because those are battle scars for me. I didn't learn the Bible because I wanted to teach good. hear this? I may not be the best hermeneutics guy. I'm actually still learning big words. The other elders, we all have a good laugh about it. (laughs) I learned the Bible because I want to live a life that's honoring to Jesus. And I learned the Bible by my weaknesses. I learned the Bible by, by, by my weaknesses. If I struggle with doubt, then I'm going to find scripture on doubt. If I struggle loving my wife, I'm gonna find scripture on loving my wife and I'm gonna read it and I'm gonna ask the Lord to change me. If I struggle with the love of money and I have wrestled with the love of money, if I struggle with lust and I have struggled with that, I memorize scripture. I don't always know where they're at. I'm not real good. John is so good and Rich, know they, they know the places so well, which that's good. But is that why you study the Bible? I don't wanna win an argument. I wanna win a life. I wanna be fruitful. That's, what I, that's why I study the Bible. And you're in that, I mean, we see this in the, in the scriptures. Those guys just walking with Jesus, just trusting him. Anyways, oh, whoo, got sidetracked there. So the, the worldly, your flesh, what's working on you? Pride, I struggle with pride. I've struggled with pride, spiritual pride, being a know-it-all, I got all the answers. Religion, tradition. I had a young girl one time, I was preaching in a young adult ministry and she came up to me and she, she straight up looked at me, first service, and knew nothing about me, knew nothing about my heart. And I probably wasn't a very good teacher and all that in those days, probably still not. But either way, um, she said, what Bible do you preach out of? I, at the time, it was a New King James. And I knew where she was going. I knew what she was talking about. Because there's people out there that believe that if you don't teach or preach or believe from the King James only, you're wrong. <sighs> it's not the mind of Christ. That's tradition. That's religion, isn't it? I'm not against King James. I grew up on King James. A lot of times I'll quote things from the King James. Thank God for the King James. But NLT, I don't care. I just don't care. But see, do you see the, the bondage? That's a stronghold. That's a religious thing in her brain. She won't receive anything from anyone that's talking about, well, you didn't quote the Bible that I, are you kidding me? Oh, we're none of us are even quoting it right anyways because I'm not doing it in Greek. I mean, come on. If we're going to go down that path. You don't want me to even try to learn Greek. Tradition. And, 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 and Galatians, in one of my books that, I studied this year and I really like Galatians. I love the Galatians five because it's just straight to the point on sin and then the fruits of the spirit and so on and so forth. But, but Galatians, Paul gets so worked up. He, he, he started this church and it was on faith and faith alone and they knew Christ and they, they, they had this relationship and it seemed like they were flourishing. And then in this letter, you read it and he said, who came in and deceived you? And they were being deceived because someone said, now you need to be circumcised. You, it's good that you love Jesus. It's good that it's salvation and faith alone. That's good. But now you need circumcised, which is the law creeping into faith preaching. And Paul's like, I wish these guys would be emasculated. I wish it would stop. Do you see the problem? Tradition, religion, strongholds. That's not the mind of Christ. And Paul was fighting it then and we fight it now. Who do you listen to? What kind of preaching do you listen to? What are you grounded in? What moves you to trust Jesus? Test these things. Talk about these things. Anyways, the devil. That's the flesh, right? That's the in the mind, the flesh. Now the devil, he's, he wants shots at your mind too. He wants shots at your thinking. You know, one of the, one of the ways, and let's just be honest. Jesus called him a liar. He's a liar from the beginning. He lies. Make no mistake about it. You're not getting truth from the devil, The devil's a liar and a liar will not tell truth. He wants you to believe those lies, okay? Deception, he deceives. That's deeper than a lie. Makes you believe you're doing right when you're doing wrong. That's deception. The devil can do that. False teaching. You see a lot of these books in here, Paul is warning. Other writers are warning about false teaching. They're warning about the the false teachers of the day. Because false teaching can create strongholds and bondage and, and ultimately just doesn't produce the mind of Christ. Accusations, you know that he's the accuser of the brethren. The devil. I I, I I prayed with a young man or talked with a young man even right before. Do you know if you made some really horrible sins this week, and, and there's some of you that have, you know, you can walk in here and be like, I'm no good. I have shame. I am condemned. Why would Jesus love me? Do you know right there is not the mind of Christ? Do you know that you just bought a shame, condemnation, no condemnation in Christ? You literally are playing into the, the accuser of the brethren's plan for you. Right? He wants you to think you're worthless. And, and, and the truth is, is, if you've confessed it and repented of it, and I believe in setting some accountability around and all, all that such stuff, but I'm not talking about living in sin. I'm talking about a, a dip in sin, a struggle in sin, a whoops, a daisy. right, it happens. And you live in shame? don't live in shame. Don't live in shame. He died on a cross and resurrected so you don't have to get rid of that condemnation. And the only way you're going to do this is reading scripture, studying the Bible, learning who you are, getting the identity, understanding that, okay, I'm, I, I made a mistake that I am not a mistake. You hear me? I hope that helps someone. Accusation. He's a steal, kill, and destroy guy, right? John 10, 10. I have, he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And one of the things he wants to steal is who you are in Christ. Remember, you've been given these gifts. You've been given things in Christ. Gifts. Some of you opened them. Some of you haven't. Some of them were still trying to figure it out. But we got these gifts. Where I got peace. I got security. I got hope. I got, I got the mind of Christ. I got all these wonderful things that Jesus has given me. And the devil wants to steal them from you. He wants to take them from you. He does. He wants to make you ineffective and dormant in areas in your life by taking that in, in, in various ways. He steals, kills, and destroys. Steal, kills, and destroys. And then, of course, shame and guilt was my last one. The mind of Christ that I'm wanting you to really grab a hold of, study, learn, and, and, and develop, and, the, and, and I believe the Holy Spirit's doing this inside of you. This is the sanctification part. Mind of Christ is you get it from surrender, crucified. Listen, listen, if you really want the mind of Christ, and I hope you do, you got to crucify your mind. you got to hear me on that. you got to crucify your mind to receive his mind. And that's a daily thing. Christ does a lot about day, right? He teaches on, I'll pick up your cross daily, die daily. It's because tomorrow morning, you know who's going to look you back in the mirror? It's going to be you. Of course, Jesus is there. Of course, you're Christian. Yeah, I get all that. But you're, and it's a daily thing. I gotta crucify my desires. I gotta crucify my flesh. I gotta crucify my pride. I gotta crucify me getting mine and and allow the Lord to work on me. You guys good with that? Everybody with me on that? Amen? Okay. Crucify your mind. To walk in the mind of Christ, you gotta crucify your mind. And I'm just about done. Just about done. It's 1140. We're doing okay. Romans 12.2. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. And it's good. It's a good scripture about mine. Do not be conformed to this world. One of the sneaky things that the devil does and we like to do is we start conforming to the world around us. You know we're supposed to live different, right? Think different. Forgive different. Walk different. Talk different. Through Christ, we are. And we have a tendency because we're in the world We have a tendency to start just, yeah, that's not a big deal. Okay, I'll live like them. Okay, I'll process like them. Okay, they're right. And there are things in this world, and I'm I'm not against your news. I said this last time I preached. It's true. I'm not against your news feed, whether you're CNN or Fox. I don't care. I really don't. But these things have a tendency to capture your mind. They want to tell you how to think. They wanna tell you how to to judge. They wanna tell you what you should think like, be like, be part of us. And if you're a Christian, if you're a Christian, remember, this has to be first. The mind of Christ has to be over all your politics. The mind of Christ has to be over all your opinions. The mind of Christ has to be over all your fancy money thinking, right? And, And you can have all that, I'm not down on that, but make sure the mind of Christ is positioned above. Can we do that? because those things are warring to tell you how to think. Think like this, be like this, judge like this, cancel culture, I mean, come on guys, that's not Christ-like at all. Anyways, get me started. As Hugh always says, don't put a nickel at me. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed, transformed, this is for us, by the renewal of your mind, That by testing, you may discern what is the will of God, what is good, acceptable, and perfect. Listen, renew your mind. And I renew, okay, let me say it this way. Let me break this down. You know how I renew the love I have for my wife? Hear this. 22 years of marriage. Sometimes our love's a little stale. I just stop there. It is, it is. And you know how I renew my love with my wife? I spend time with her. I talk to her, I invest into her, I listen to her. Renew your mind with Jesus by spending time with him, talking to him, listening to him. It's easy to put him on the back burner. It's easy to say, you know, I'm his, he's mine, we're good. But that, that relationship can be a little stale. Renew your mind, renew it, do it daily, do it all the time, renew that mind guys, it's important that by testing you may discern, testing. How do you test? How do you test if this, hey, well, some of you are great at this. I test my mind and how I process and how I think because I'll. I, number one, the word, right? We love the word here, word and spirit, people. I love the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, am I thinking crazy? Will you convict me, will you work on this? I have, I have counsel, I have friends around me that I say, hey, I'm thinking this way, is this sin and wrong? Is this right, right? Test these things. Have a, have a testing crowd, have people around you, have good teaching, have good, have good fellowship, right? Make sure this is your responsibility to start building some of this. That's how we do. That's how you test. And then sometimes you just can't get any clarity, and I'll just be honest, sometimes it just comes down to a walk with Jesus for me. Sometimes I, can, I can't find counsel or anything and the scriptures aren't real clear on something and I'm just like, I know who I got to spend the most time with and maybe some fasting and praying and that's the next level of, of seeking and testing to say, how do I think? What do you want me to do here? Okay? And by testing, you may discern or judge what is the will of God. The will of God wants to work in your mind. You know that? What is good and acceptable and perfect? All right. John Piper says, it, and I like, I'm gonna close my message here and then we're gonna take communion and then we're gonna have some baptisms and worship and get a little crazy, okay? Getting a little crazy. John Piper says it this way. I like how he's word stuff. The older I get, the more I like John Piper because when I was younger, I didn't understand him. There's a thought. John Piper says, without the renewed mind, we will distort the scriptures to avoid their radical commands for self-denial and love, purity and supreme satisfaction in Christ alone. You say, we must renew our minds, Christians, because John says it, without a renewed mind, we will distort the scriptures to avoid the radical commands for self-denial, love, purity, and supreme satisfaction in Christ alone. That's how important it is to renew your mind in Christ. Thank you for joining us today. If you need prayer for anything, you can email us at prayer at cobblestonechurch.com or you can go on our website at www.cobblestonechurch.com and submit it there. We'd love to pray for you. Have a great week and God bless.